BlackRock Broadcasting presents Top and Tail. Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers. One pilot. One finale. What? What is this? Some kind of Top and Tail spinoff? And that's exactly what it is, Jackie boy! <laughs> Welcome everyone to our first episode of Top and Tail. Where we top the show and go, we've watched the pilot, and then we, we tail the show, and we watch the finale. And what do we do, Jax? What do we do? We're going to talk the show. We're going to get into how does the pilot... I'm glad that we're going to talk about the show. <laughs> we're going to talk. Does the pilot hold up now we've seen the whole show? How is the finale? Compare, contrast, do all the things podcasters do. Tim, what are we doing this week on Top and Tail? This week on Top and Tail, we're diving in to the darkly dreaming Dexter. Oh, Tim. Tim, 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 Tim. I'm so excited to talk, Dexter. What a show. Let's get right into this. Dexter, episode one, season one. So, I... (laughs) We've been talking about doing this for a very long time. Dexter, strong start, not such a strong finale. (laughs) Bit of a tease for the end. Yes, and you know what? The pilot could be one of the best pilots of all time. I truly think. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've started off this show by being like, let's grab one where we know it's a great finale and it's not a great fi- like a great pilot and not a great finale. But Tim, re-watching this pilot, it's spectacular. It's, it's so amazing. Good. It sets up every aspect of the show. It sets up all the characters, all these dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's horribly dark and brutal and moody oh, and yeah. vicious. It's so intense at the start. Oh. Honestly, it's like... We, I I joked that we're doing the darkly dreaming Dexter, because that's, I guess, like the Dexter, you know, the dearly devoted Dexter, as I think book two might be called. That's like the Dexter that you you come to love. Whereas that first scene where he's like, tonight's the night and it's going to happen again and again. Has to happen. (laughs) Yes. It's fucked. It's so scary. It's so intense. And it's like, he, there's a strong sense of like... He's a psychopath. He is truly, truly a psychopath in that first scene. And I remember thinking it the first time I ever watched it, like, this guy's intense. Like, I don't like this guy. Like, he's not a fun-loving, charming Dexter who's got a side life, who's like, yeah, bloody pork Cuban sandwiches are my fave. I love Miami. I'm bloody pork sausage over here. I'm smashing shrimp over there. I'm not having sex with my girlfriend over here. Yeah, the show, the show's whole premise is essentially we're in the golden age of television. Everyone's an anti-hero. It's anti-hero city over here, baby. And this one's like, I'm going to one-up you, Tony Soprano and (laughs) The Wire and all that stuff. And we're going to have a character that's not like a killer with a heart of gold or like a misunderstood monster. This is a psychopath. He starts off and he's like... I don't have any feelings. If I could, they'd be for Deb. But he has no feelings. He has no real human emotions. Mm. This whole show is like this incredible moral question it's going to give the audience where it's like, are you going to be able to enjoy watching this 
serial killer. This mm. man who has a ritual where he like cuts their cheeks and gets a bit of blood and puts it on the slide and then looks at the slide like he's about to jack off. Like, and yeah. he, he doesn't have sex. He can't have sex. Like, it's he's such a completely insanely scary character at the start. But I think the one thing this show does really interestingly that I kind of forgotten and it starts off straight away is when we get into his psyche via his narration. Mm. And Michael C. Hall is so good in this show. Yeah. He's so spectacular. He has this smooth, charismatic, and often very darkly comedic kind of way that he kind of... Missed out on a bit of darkly dreaming pun there, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> I'll let it slide. But we kind of come into his universe and come into his world in this way that's kind of... Uh, it's like... I don't know. It's, it's haunting. Yeah, for sure. So the, the narration... I guess we should probably summarize for anyone that hasn't seen Dexter, we're gonna we're gonna spoil it. We're oh, gonna... spoiler city, baby! Yeah, 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 yeah. We're spoiling this show. Um, we we've both seen it. We both like it for a majority. But um, this is about a serial killer who has a moral compass. He only kills bad people, and he works in a police station as a blood splatter forensic analysis. That's pretty much all you need to know. Let's get back to it. The narration. I love it. Yeah. But the very first moment of the narration mm-hmm. could be the single greatest script that this show ever, ever has done. Remind me, which what is it? So it's it's the first scene. It's the start of the show where he's like, tonight's the night. And he and oh. he's driving through Miami and yeah. he just sees all of this. And and that's what I got from this pilot, revisiting it. It's the blend of serial killer and Miami lifestyle coming together. Mm-hmm. And in this weird, like, angel-esque way, where it's, like, getting flashes, and then you, you get his dark passenger, which is what the narration is. Mm-hmm. And it's just so intense. And But then, he, but then there is one moment in this show, where in this episode, where the narration doesn't do it for me. Oh, and, what is it? And it's when... It's the only time I can think in the entire series where he just narrates for narration's sake to catch you up on mm-hmm. a bit of explosory dialogue. He's on the boat and he's like, Hi, I'm Dexter. And you know, and he's like, I'm a serial killer. I've got a sister named Deb. And I have no feelings. And yeah. then in the real world, he's like, Howdy, you the boat guy. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. good. Very and that's funny, probably yeah. the worst part of the episode. Yeah, for but- sure. But it's, you know, it is introducing us to this mm. world. And the narration is bringing you into it. So he's got to, he just kind of sums it up in a really... Yeah, he does it quick, but in saying that, the narration is his, like, inner thoughts. And it's like, it mm. really feels like we're on the journey with him and that we're, we're the dark passenger. And I think throughout the series, especially as it gets later and later in the show, it's harder and harder to really think about the fact that what he's doing is he's a serial killer because he always justifies it and he's so charismatic that you can really get behind him. But in that first scene, it's terrifying. You hate him. It's scary, he, he man. It, and it yeah. doesn't... And the, this pilot also does a thing where it's like, he he always has a kill, a ritual. He stalks his prey, but then he gets them with the needle, knocks oh, them out. Oh, he doesn't do it! And, and then they're on the table. In Whoa. this one, in, this, in the pilot, yeah. he grabs him and he's like, go for a drive. Yeah, it's and, so he's, intense. and it's so different and it's so, so weird. weird. It's, like, it's, it's like... But then later in the episode... He does the thing that he does for the rest and of the he's show. And he's got the glab so rubble like, over his face. Oh, yeah, like, he so never does weird. that again. It does some very Jesus. classic, like, the pilot's great. Like, we love it. We're green light in the show. But, like, change a couple of things. But don't <laughs> reshoot the pilot. That's fine. <laughs> but then it's like... But in that, you'd think, like... 
if they're going to commit to like, oh, you're going to inject him, put him to sleep, put him on the table. And, but then they don't do that. Instead of having photos of the bodies of the person he's killed, Dexter has dug up oh, the kids. He's, yeah. he's like, Dexter is all about like being safe and not getting caught. I can't even imagine how much danger he would have put himself in. It's into. so elaborate it's to dig up so the bodies ridiculous. and put them there. That was the main point I had of this pilot where they had an idea where he's got the victims there. He's like, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. And then he kills the killer. Oh, it's intense. But I understand why they were like, actually, that's crazy. We can't do that every episode. Let's just have pictures. And it kind of changes. And it's just funny because I never remember that. Another aspect of this pilot that is abandoned almost immediately is Laguerta. And she's oh, like, savage. The and she winks at Dexter. Oh, do you mean that the sexy, sexy flirtation? Oh, yeah. And do? she absolutely wanna fu- wants to fuck Dexter. Oh, yeah. Which is not a part of the show no, no, whatsoever. No. It reminds <laughs> me of like plots similar to like. Um, like Xander and Buffy, who's in love with oh, like yeah. Buffy, very um, similar to that. Dina in like Superstore, who wants to have sex with Jonah, and then they're just like, <laughs> not they like, abandon. No, by the end, you're like, oh yeah, I maybe yeah, and it's that. like this That's is weird. such a bad start to the, the character, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's really funny. That's that's as much look worder as you really get. I've got a couple of questions. But I want to talk about Deb. Okay, well, just one last thing on LaGuardia. Oh, Actually, I've got a few things. So let's just do the LaGuardia then. Okay, because I was going to say, this <laughs> pilot is really, really good at establishing what the characters are going to be for the whole show. Like, retrospectively looking at it, LaGuardia starts off, and Dexter and Deb are having a conversation about it. And he's like, you should really learn to be more like LaGuardia. you got to be political. you got to be this, you got to be that. And she's really rude and mean to Deb. That's her whole character. She's mm. going to do anything in the politics of the police station to get a one up, and that's like yeah. her whole arc throughout the whole series. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. Look, except Gwerda, for the Deb, oh, the Dexter wanting to fuck Dexter a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really, it's really funny, and like probably Deb's best line in this is like, "Are you, are you boning her?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, so it's fun. so good. Just because Dexter's like, I, I don't even wank, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> he like looks at someone yeah. like being flirtatious on the street. And he's like, it's so undignified. Yeah. To be fair, in that shot, it's just some chick like. Literally grabbing some guy's dick yeah. like, in a cafe or whatever—it's such an extreme example of of the Miami date night. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess on Devin Laguerta's relationship that's mm-hmm. set up in this first episode. So Deb is uh working the vice, the the bad mouth sister, stepsister, important for later things. Yeah. yeah. Um and and yeah, she's not a detective yet. I actually forgot that. I forgot yeah, that she's, she's a beat cop. Yeah, and and her whole plot. And I think like as far as sort of like diversity and strong characters go, the two main characters, at least at the police station that we're getting introduced to, Rita will get to, but like Deb and LaGuerta are two really strong sort of female characters that like Look, what is like in love with Dexter wants to fucking plot is abandoned immediately. Mm-hmm. So that aside, but they're so strong and like they just focused on Korea. Deb is like, I don't want, I literally barely mentions wanting to have a boyfriend. She's like, no, I want my career first. Maybe that later. I think like 2006, pretty good. Mm. As far as like color diversity goes, really strong. It's a really diverse cast. For 2006. Really we've got Masuka, like, we've got Angel, Dokes, like it's, mm, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, but yeah, I, I do want to talk about like, Deb, 
and Laguna's relationship. Mm. She just fucking hates Deb. It's mm. so funny. Like, do you remember why? Like, well, I think it might come down to being like, I don't know, intimidated by another amazing like female cop on the force. Like, there's a lot of kind of things yeah. that play, and uh, that comes into season two as well with Laguna's storyline. It's like. I don't know. She really wants to kind of do anything to stay up. She gets very jealous and very political with like all yeah. her dealings. I think she just doesn't like her. Yeah. And maybe cool. it's because she kind of has a crush on her brother or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, but I think she doesn't respect her. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's such, yeah, it's such a good pilot. It, it's crazy. And on Deb, there's one line in this episode that sums up her entire character. Yep. Find me someone I can trust. <laughs> Sets up the ice truck killer. Yeah. Sets up her and Dexter's her and Dexter's relationship. Yeah, yeah. Sets up her and Laguerta's relationship, <laughs> which doesn't end too well, Jax. It doesn't end too well. Oh, and no. sets up the finale, which we will get to. And it's like oh, yeah. I just—it's it, probably one of the only plots in the entire show that is perfect from point A to point B. What their first interaction is Deb's like, help me get on the case. I want to get out of ice. I want to get on the case. And she's leaning on Dexter, asking Dexter all this stuff. And Dexter's just like, well, why don't you do this? And she's like, oh, see, you're already making me smarter. And then there's a bit where she's trying to explain that it could be like an ice truck. And she completely like spills on her words and completely falls down, really unconfident. And Dexter's like there building her up and helping her out. And already he's set off that she needs him. Mm. Their relationship is like, so close as brother and sister, but then we have Dexter just 10 seconds later being like, I have no feelings. If I had any feelings, I'd have them for Deb, but I don't have any feelings. And you're like, he's just lying to her. He's yeah. just tricking her and twisting. It's and it so sets intense. up what's going to be, or what should be, an incredible finale and final act of this show. Yeah. Between these two step yeah. brothers because and Because fundamentally, when you set up an anti-hero... Like a uh, Walter White, like a Tony Soprano, like a Dexter, like a Dexter, <laughs> I like a the Dexter. <laughs> There's really only one way it should end. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. But like we're, we're getting way oh, too ahead. We'll of get to that. Yeah, you've yeah. mentioned the ice truck, the ice truck killer. <laughs> we get a tease. Oh, we get so much. It, it it's funny like looking back on this, yeah. and it's so obvious that there's something to do with Dexter because like you get the ice truck and it just. It stops behind Dexter, and then it's just like it's like you're playing. Come Simpsons. and follow It's me. like you're playing Simpsons Hit and Run, and you got to get the garbage that falls out of the truck. And you got to like, follow. Yeah, you got to follow stuff. the truck around Springfield, and then finally the head will fall out. Dexter will find it, and and there's just that that cat and mouse of the relationship of him and his spoilers brother, and it's Whoa. like, and um, and it's just perfect. And, like, obviously at the end of the episode, he gets the doll, so it's kind of obvious that he's toying with him, he's playing with him. And Dexter like, at the end's like, he's asking me if I want to play. Yes. Yes, yes I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he bloody looks at the camera. Oh. It's amazing. And that's the end of the episode. But what do you think of the Eye Strike Killer in this episode? So, I think that this show... As a show, kind of, at one point, it might get to the point where you're like, huh, just another serial killer for the season or serial killer of the week kind of format at times. Yeah. But I think, and I think that actually works to its strength a lot of the oh, time. It definitely sets up in but, this, like, 
in this show that there's going to be like an overarching serial killer, but every episode he's going to kill some smaller yeah, yeah. ghosts. But smaller yeah, go serial on. killers, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the way they set this up is so amazing because he's like, I'm obsessed with blood. I'm a blood yeah. spanner analyst. I'm a blood spatter analyst. I love my blood. I've got my blood vials and my blood slides. I love blood. Oh, blood, blood, blood. Yeah, yeah. And so, how do you have a serial killer go up against his ultimate serial killer brother? Have that serial killer have a crime scene with no blood, and yeah. he freaks out. He's like, "Oh, there's no blood. I've got to get out of here." I'm freaking out. What yeah. a good idea. It's, it's like, like he's going oh, up against oh. like it's like he's going up against like Green Lantern. He's like, "Yellow powers." <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I found this really. Just horrifying in its imagery of like that and his obsession and his like need to find out what's going on with this other serial killer. It sets off this really interesting dynamic. And then as you slowly realize that he's like playing a game with him and teasing him out, yeah. you get so much in this episode. Yeah, it's heaps. It's, there's heaps and heaps. Like mm. honestly, I'm like, oh, I remember this kind of being stretched over a lot more. Same. But that bit where he opens the door and he. he yeah. He's like, I should feel violated. I should feel... Because the guy's come into his house. So he knows mm. who Dexter is already. Mm. So it sets up this amazing serial killer versus serial killer cat and mouse game, yeah. which a lot of this series, and especially this season, reminds me a lot of Death Note, where it's got this really oh, yeah. interesting interplay between people trying to catch each other and people trying to figure each other out and Dexter being so dark, but us kind of... Already in that first episode, I'm kind of caught up by his charm. Oh yeah, he's so good. And and especially like I think the music does a lot. The music's incredible. So that was the thing I was trying to say before and I got caught up with my own words because I'm so excited about talking with Dexter. Nice. But the thing that this show does, I think that's so amazing and so weird is that you'll have a scene where I'm like, "Oh, I'm disgusted by Dexter. He's a serial killer with no emotions. The worst type of person. Like if I wouldn't yeah. want to meet him in real life." But the way we get into his psyche with the narration and the music is so haunting but so beautiful. That yeah. I would take, I would kind of call this show like a perverse dark fairy tale about wow. like a dark Avenger. Put that on a like, bloody t-shirt. <laughs> Not the one you're wearing though. <laughs> but I, yeah, it really has this kind of otherworldly, eerie fairy tale, not real. But there is parts where it feels very real and grounded. Mm. But just the way the music kind of glides and floats it, it's quite like uh, intoxicating. Like it's yeah, it's, it's stunning so, music, and then it's like that haunting like violin combined with just like the hops and the fun of Miami, <laughs> and you really just get true essence of all that sound. Yeah, you don't get the opening titles, you don't oh, get the Tim, opening theme. We'll talk about the opening titles but, um, in the finale, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> but like that's probably my my main negative of this. I'm like, damn, classic fucking pilot, not putting it in the best part of the fucking show, um, and um. Do you want to turn your phone off? Like the sound? Yeah. Are you going to cut this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Is that our podcast dog? Your phone? <laughs> 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 All right, Tim. Um, so, um, yeah, you're talking about sort of like the charm of Dexter. And I think the, the ultimate sort of tension of this show really is the balance of life and death. Mm-hmm. God, I, I didn't even plan to say that. It, <laughs> it came out. I'm so happy. I'm so fucking happy with myself. Uh, and the you, life... you can't see it, but Tim's just jumped up and down like a little, uh, little excited I'm child. a leprechaun, Jax. I'm <laughs> bloody Cody. I'm Cody, but I'm like, next time, next time. Oh, he's so young yeah, in this he's crazy. He's like two years yeah, old. He's also recast in season two, I believe. But... What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. think so. I think Astor's like quite quite good for a child actor. Compared I don't to think Cody's recast. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Compared oh. to like Harrison Lehner. Oh my god. Cody kills oh, it. Oh Tim, that Cody is kills it. That's the perfect kind yeah. of analogy for the show. It's just the child <laughs> acting from the pilot to the finale shows you how far the, the show has dropped in quality. That's incredible. Oh my god, yeah. That's, um, oh god. But yeah, Rita obviously being the life and the serial killer being the death. Uh-huh. And it's it's that tension of like the balance of his life with Rita and his, his facade to the world it's... and his true self, his dark passenger... Combined with weird flashbacks of all his like birthing, um, and and I think yeah, you, you don't get too much of Rita, but like you get like a really interesting broken person who is like the perfect person for Dexter at this time in his life. We get the horrific setup to her character where he's like, I've tried to fake having girlfriends and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And I found the perfect girlfriend. Someone who's so traumatized by being tortured and raped by uh, Jacob from Lost <laughs> that she... I shouldn't laugh. I was about to say, it's just very it's just inappropriate like, to laugh. I love you've gone... No, no, no. I'm not laughing about that. I just love Lucifer you've gone. Lucifer from Supernatural. Thank you. A much better analogy for At the time is. when this happened, I just remember being like, this guy, he's in everything. He's got his little fingers in all the pies, all the TV show pies. I love him. I can't remember his name right now. No, I don't deserve it. Oh, that's a good name. I think that's something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Jacob is like the worst man in the world. I don't think he's even in the pilot. But we no, get a not. setup of Rita being so damaged, she doesn't want to have sex. And Dexter's like, well, I can't even get up because I'm a serial killer with no feelings. Yeah. So I don't want to have sex either. So this works out perfectly for me. Everyone's going to think that I love this woman, whereas in fact, I'm just using her. And it's really disgusting and horrible, but you know we've seen the whole show, the, so yeah. we get a beautiful arc with those yeah. two and that really kids, fleshes out. And it really sets up this like, oh, everyone's going to be heartbroken when they find out who Dexter is, <laughs> which which the sets two-year-old up two-year-old Cody is going to be oh, devastated. Oh, you just Cody loves him so much. He's only been <laughs> in his life for like six months. <laughs> Aster, you know, she becomes. A, like a drunken teenager at some point. In the oh series. yeah, that drunken episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, where I think the writers are like, we gotta, they're, they're there. I guess I let's guess bring she's them back. Grown up. Let's make yeah, her yeah, a yeah. teenager. But um, oh. yeah, it, it sets up a perfect, perfect end, and of course none of it, you know, plays out. Oh, literally none of it pans out in any good ways, except one character who we haven't talked about yet in this finale. <laughs> who pilot. <laughs> Tim's getting confused because we're talking pilots then finale yeah. but Tim's like are we talking about the finale already? Yeah. he's confused I want this podcast to be called Tail and Top oh no oh we discussed the finale, <laughs> finale and then, then we go part. back to the start yeah 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 what about that? No, email like us it. in if you like it I don't please don't <laughs> yeah. um, but mum surprise motherfucker surprise motherfucker we're talking about dokes oh yeah boy what do you think? Of dokes in this episode because I think so funny. I, I've said that like Deb's arc is, is perfect. Yeah. Um, Stokes is a close second. I think Dokes works so well because we get the scene where Dexter's like being a horrific serial killer. He's murdered the guy. I mean, he's a serial killer who murders other killers. So it's like you know the moral question is like, is it good? Is it bad? Blah 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 blah. All that mm. stuff. But he is a monster with no feelings. How don't any of the cops vibe that? 
Yeah. One of them does. And yeah, he, it's so he's good. like, I'm on you, There's Dexter. There's even an oration about it. fucking creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so it, good. It's so over the top as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's so obviously doing his job correctly in a scene. And Dexter's like, oh, fuck you, you motherfucker. Like, how fucking, you bloody fucking creep. Obviously, Dexter is a creep. And like, he should have these thoughts, but... Does he just think this about all blood experts? <laughs> like, is he just like, is he just like in another world? He does this to all baristas. He's like, fuck you, baristas. Like, I can make my own coffee. I don't get nothing the coffee, son of a bitch. Yeah. Fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care about a bloody double espresso. Get your cold drip out of here. Like, you know, just give me a fucking Americano. You know, like, and, um, but, but yeah, it sets up uh, a quick arc for Dokes who. Who dies at the end of season two. Yeah, but, that's um, one of the things when you look at the whole show as an eight season show, it is crazy that this show sets up that Dex that the Dokes is like going to be the main antagonist yeah, for, sure. for our serial killer main character. Yeah. So he's Dokes is in the right, but it's kind of crazy to look back and be like, huh, he gets dispatched at the end of season two. But when you're watching it, it feels like maybe season two might even be the end. Like it's kind of yeah, it's one of the crazy. most important seasons. And so like, yeah, I guess that's a good segue into like, what, what do you, do you think this pilot sets up up until season eight, episode 11? Yeah. Like, where do you think this pilot really sets up the end? Like, what are your thoughts on the show in general before we get to the finale discussion? Yeah. So overall, I think Dexter is spectacular. Season yeah. one, two, and four are some of the best TV ever. Made. Absolutely savage. Take that, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith is great, and when you look at the whole series, it's still a really strong season. But when you look yeah. at the first four seasons, season two it focuses way deep on Dexter. It's like yeah. we're gonna, it's he's the Bay Harbor Butcher. Uh, is he going yeah. to be found out? It kind of ramps up to be almost that it could be a two season one and done show or two and done show. Yeah, well, I watched season two in a day <laughs> because I was like, I knew at this point I jumped on in like the end of season five. I knew there were five seasons and I was still like, what if he gets caught? He's going to get caught. They're all going to find out. Reed is going to bloody kill him. And I, for some reason, I'm like, well, what are the next three seasons beat him? Mm. But it's like that tension. You know, he's not going to get caught. I knew there's like six more seasons after it. But for some reason, the show just kept you on that knife's edge where you're just like, oh, how does he get away with it? What's he going to do? You're Bay Harbor Butcher. Oh my God. It's so well made and so engaging at every point. And the way the show slowly builds and builds to the point where each season he's learning stuff from like the killer he's chasing. He's learning more about himself. Over the show, I think the one main aspect that I don't love is that he slowly gets more and more emotions. Yeah, I was At times, I think it really works. Like, in season four, the strongest element is that he sees a serial killer, the Trinity killer, mm. John Lithgow. He sees him... Who I watched in a movie last night, Pitch Perfect 3, plays an Australian villain who is Rebel Wilson's dad. Tim, let's stop this podcast and let's record a podcast about Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> I want to talk John Lithgow in that. That sounds atrocious, Tim. You've completely ruined my train of thought. Now I hate Dexter because I just know that it's somehow related tangentially to Pitch Perfect 3. What have you done to me, Tim? No, so, so John weird. Lithgow is so good in Third Rock from the Sun. No, wait, 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 I'm getting so confused. So in How I Met Your Mother, he plays Bart. <laughs> I bloody gotcha. I bloody gotcha. Why is he coming in as all these father figures? So, it's because he's incredibly charismatic and fun. Yeah, and, and kills show, three people. He does in a cycle. brilliant twist on that where we see him with a family, and Dexter goes, Oh, I can have a family. I've finally I've got a family with Rita, I've got a kid, I've moved to the suburbs, but I'm still a serial killer, and I'm trying this is all a facade. 
to like an extent, how am I going to make this work? Mm. Then he sees the Trinity killer and he's like, oh, he's made it work. Yeah. And he's so fascinated by that. It's but so then good, at the yeah. end of that, the whole twist is, oh, actually, no, the Trinity killer is a monster to his family. He's locking his daughter up. He tortures his family, tortures his son, all yeah. this stuff. And he's like, oh, I can't be like that. But he's like, I'm not like that. So there's aspects of him that aren't full hard-blown serial killer like Trinity, he's learned to... Like, the code. Harry's code has shaped and morphed him in a certain way that he's able to almost pretend to be a human where it's almost a, a thing. Mm. But then as the show goes on, yeah. it keeps getting more and more to the point where at the back half of the show, Hannah McKay is introduced and he's pretty much like, oh, I'm not... A, uh, the Dark Passenger over-trumped by love to a character I have no chemistry with? No, thank you. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I think of the show overall. <clears throat> Tim, what do you think? Amazing. So, I think, like, you've said, like, my similar thoughts along up until season four, I think um, he, he learns the same lesson again and again in the last four seasons. Yeah. Um, and, and I think if... Because the showrunner leaves after season four. Yeah, after um, the big finale. Yeah, after the Trinity killer gets away, doesn't, like, survive but gets Dexter by killing Rita in a bathtub. Harrison, born in blood, just, just like, like Dexter. Dexter. And it sets oh. up this, like, it sets up the fear in Dexter that, oh my God, my son's going to be like me, which doesn't come back, except for, like, one episode where he's in a parachute or something in season five. There's, like, I think he, like, bites a kid at one point or something. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting plot to kind of play with. But I just feel like in season four, the lesson is... I can't, I can't have a family and this life. I'm a serial killer. I will get punished. Yeah. Which happens again at the end. And it's the exact same lesson four seasons later. And it's like they didn't learn from it. Julie Benz is so good. She's just so innocent. And I think the biggest flaw of Dexter, whilst being probably one of the best shows ever made, is that Dexter never gets punished. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good segue into the finale where we enter probably the most infamous finale in modern TV history. So, what is so amazing about this show is that we're going to be looking at the tops of shows. We're going to be looking at great pilots, not so great pilots. But what we're going to really find is, man, ends are hard. Finales are hard. And so we thought, hey, let's start with Dexter. The second worst finale ever made. The second? The second worst wow, finale that is a ever stinger for some future made. episodes. And if you don't know what the worst finale is, this really isn't the podcast for you. Because <laughs> we're eventually going to lead up to that episode, which will be a 10-hour episode of me screaming forever. But enough about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, was going to hide it, but then I'm like, Incredible. Everyone, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Tim, Dexter, Season 8, Episode 12, Remember the Monsters. Tim, I do remember the monsters. The writers of season eight. <laughs> Tim! Bloody got him, mate! Bloody got him! Tim, this episode shouldn't be called Remember the Monsters. It should be called uh, Remember When This Show Was Good. Oh. No, I don't, you fucking shit writers. So, so, in leading up to this, <laughs> I had to watch... I have two more. Can I... No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> if we have time, I'd love to hear them. Um, but... Yeah, I, I had to rewatch sort of season eight to sort of get into the mindset of this, just because I, I wanted to, I wanted to truly invest in in all the reasons why the finale doesn't work fundamentally. And they are, are legion. Yeah, they're they're crazy. <laughs> so 
I want to start with sort of the parallels from the pilot to the finale. Let's do it. In the pilot, they set up Harry's code. Yeah. And, and not even set up. We have a flashback to literally Harry, James Rumor, coming up with the idea of the code there are in worse, a scene. There are worse people, Dexter. People who do awful things. Yeah. You may as well... You're never going to be able to stop killing. You may as well kill and the killers. in season eight... Not the, not the band. In season eight, let's say, you know... In the season recap, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Supernatural style, like... Um, <laughs> Carry on my way Exactly. Um, <laughs> they completely wreck on Harry's code. And it's crazy. It's, it's like, the it's worst like, part of the show. It's like, what if, what if the best part of the show was a little bit different? It is so incomprehensible. Ha- Harry saves Dexter from a pool of blood. He's been, he's been trapped... In a container, a shipping container, his mum has been torn to shreds by a chainsaw. He sits there for two days, covered in blood, born in blood. Now he's a serial killer. He's got these urges. His dad is so afraid, but he tries to shape him. And he teaches him because he's a cop and he knows that killers get away. The law can't do it every time. And the punishment of this is that Harry creates the perfect psychopath, but can't live with it. He and kills he kills himself. himself. And it's oh, so sync, heartbreaking. It. It's it intense. so tragic. And Deb finds out about this at the end. And it's, it, it's just heartbreaking. And, well, heartbreaking for season eight of Dexter, let's be honest. But Dexter, and that's just a parallel I just, I just can't get over. The only good parallel between the pilot and the finale is that both episodes end with Dexter looking at the camera. <laughs> I can't think of any other moment in the entire series where that happens. No, but Jax, no. if that's the only good parallel, well then the Dexter finale is as good of a finale for Dexter as it would be for Malcolm in the Middle. When Malcolm what? in the Middle looks at the camera. Okay, I, I haven't seen enough of that show or the finale. I so. think he looks at the camera, maybe. I don't know. But, I think he talks to the camera. But, like, let's just jump in. So, we were discussing just before that you think that the finale of Dexter mm-hmm. is too far gone. So, what I mean by that is, sometimes, and I think this will be really interesting as we slowly dive through every show ever made on this podcast, <laughs> is can a good final season be ruined by a bad finale? And can a great and a bad final season be saved by a great finale? Yeah, like, because 100%. they're almost different beasts. Like, mm. I know that the finale is just the final episode of a season, and with this one, I think that the final season is so, so poorly conceived and so poorly written, so much damage has been done, no matter what they did in that final episode, it wouldn't be a good episode, but to make it the worst episode of the show, by far, the most yeah. boring, underwhelming on every level... It's got the worst serial killer of the season, and he's still in the finale, being uncharismatic and boring. Mm. Dexter is not being punished. We're not having the amazing moral question the show starts off with being like, is Dexter going to get away with this? Are yeah. we going to be happy with that? Which or we is haven't... he going to be punished? Yeah. There is, but it's not like... What, it, what the finale could have done is do all these things in a really quick 50 minutes, <clears throat> but the final season is so fundamentally terrible... We have amazing characters that have lasted the entire series. We have Masuka, his other tech, his <laughs> other tech guy, who's just overly sexual, silly, and fun. And in the final season, there's no arc about him finding out Dexter's a serial killer and getting killed or any of this stuff. He essentially just hits on a sexy young girl. Then she's like, "Actually, I'm your daughter." That's his plot for the season. He has a daughter out of nowhere that's <laughs> twenty. Quinn, 
Oh, he's going for He's actually not in the finale as well, which it's just crazy. Uh, it's, it's so... Like, what's the point? It's just like they had no idea what to do with anyone. Angel is essentially just like, Quinn, you should be detective. Oh, actually, I don't want you to be detective. Or sergeant or whatever. Sergeant, yeah, And then yeah. Quinn's just like, I still love Deb. Or maybe I don't. Like, that is their entire season arcs. And yeah. these are characters we've followed for the whole show. Yeah. Fundamentally, the whole and show is broken at this point. Yeah, and, and it's kind of an interesting, like, thing where you're saying, like, can can an episode save a season? But, the final episode. But yeah, but this doesn't feel like the the series finale. It feels like a season finale at best. <laughs> it's like maybe this could get away with being episode six of a twelve episode season wow. where nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the whole the only interesting aspect of season eight is like can Dexter train someone else to really good element to. To have his code. And... He becomes Harry, in a yeah, way. Yeah, and it's But like, he's also a serial killer, so it's a bit different. And they, they delve into it for one episode, but they don't give it any time. No. They don't let it breathe. Like, Zack just dies so quickly. Off out of screen, nowhere. And then he picks up his head. He's got a big chunk out of his yeah. head from the worst serial killer in the show, the and, brain and, surgeon. And the brain surgeon Ugh. should have been Vogel. Vogel should have been... I fucking with that. <laughs> I do too. I do too. It's so weird. Um, and Vogel's son becomes the brain surgeon. Ugh. You were joking in another podcast we do, mm-hmm. Two Brothers, One Pilot, new episodes every Monday, where, like, we've recently discussed an episode um, where, like, a random character will just come up at the end and they'll be like, surprise, motherfucker! It was me. me! Yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what happens in this. Oh, it's so bad because this season starts off and Dexter meets this old lady who's like a psychiatrist for serial killers or whatever and she's like, actually, I invented Harry's code. Mm. I... And the whole season is about that and then she's trying to help him train Zack and all this stuff where it's like, it's just all wrong. Yeah. It's so disappointing. But we get to the finale and the brain surgeon is still in it. There's this P.I. random guy who's still in it. And Hannah McKay, whose Dexter has fallen head over heels. I think the worst moment of the series for me, or one of the worst, is when he has Hannah on his table. She's naked. She's got the the glad wrap on her. And he goes to kill her, and he ends up fucking her on that table. Oh, did you forget in the pilot, Dexter, when you said that uh, you find sex weird yeah and I, it, I don't care fundamental... change in shape but it completely yeah. ruins the show when you think back at what the, the jet the, the premise of the pilot was yeah so I my sort of main issue with this finale apart from just being another episode mm-hmm. is that it's not about Dexter oh amazing point so like the show is called Dexter need I quote the famous George Costanza actor, Jason Alexander, who says, This show can't exist without me. <laughs> it's not called it's not called Costanza, it's called Seinfeld. Get over <laughs> yourself. Get over yourself. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Seinfeld behind the scenes where George is in one episode and Jason Alexander fucking almost That's fucking kills sword. Larry David over it. <laughs> it's crazy. I've never liked that actor yeah. since seeing that. I um, can't even watch Seinfeld anymore. I hate and it. it's like, this show is called Dexter. It's not called ha- Hannah McKay. It's not called and, Deb. And all the all the tension is about other people. Yeah. So so I think what sort of based not what should have happened, but based off where we are at the finale, mm-hmm. I think Deb should have died in episode eleven at the end. Oh. If you're gonna kill Deb, yep. have her die at episode eleven because 
the discussion they have at, at the end of Eleven is a better goodbye than what they, they do have eventually. Where she absolves him of all his sins. Dexter, I don't mm. want you to feel guilty. You shouldn't feel guilty about all the 300 serial yeah. killers that you've killed. Exactly. You're a mass serial killer. Don't even worry about it. You were the good guy. <laughs> what? And, and so if you're going to play this, like, Dexter's getting away with it kind of thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I I just think that should that should, like, unleash Dexter. Like, he should then learn the same lesson he learned at the end of season four when Rita died, if you you want to continue it for four extra seasons, where he can't balance life and death. He can only balance death. And he should just be unleashed. Go crazy. Mm -hmm. Go on this rampage. Kill Hannah. Maybe Hannah should be the reason Deb died. Kill her. Get her out. And you know what? You know what, Jax? What? If you're going to do a final season, Mm -hmm. don't make the fucking first scene just... Oh, they're just running through an airport being like, Hey, Harrison, like, have you got your toy and you're counting all the numbers? Because, like, we're in a bit of a rush. It's like, no cold opening. There are flashbacks in this episode, Jax. There are flashbacks in this episode. Mm -hmm. And one of them could have been the cold opening. If you're making this entire episode about, like... Oh, he wants to save Harrison's life by removing himself from Harrison's life, which ends up to be, oh no, what I'm going to do is actually leave Harrison with another murderous serial killer that doesn't have the moral code that I do. Who's on the run? Who's a fugitive? Who in (laughs) six years, Harrison is going to understand that and then be like, oh wait, I'm trapped with a fucking murderous fugitive in Argentina and my dad bloody killed himself. (laughs) Insane. But if you're going to do that, then maybe the cold opening of that start of the episode Mm -hmm. should be a scene that is in the episode, which is bloody podcast phone. Podcast phone is going to kill me. Um... Which is going to be him seeing Harrison for the first time with Deb. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's that it's it's the start similar to like Six Feet Under, which starts with a death every episode. The finale of that show starts with life. Someone's born. It's the similar thing of the start of the episode is the birth of Harrison, and the end of the episode is maybe the death of Dexter for like a minute or whatever. And that's a way to finish it. But I I don't know. I just. It's just crazy because I can't believe that they didn't commit at all. They, it's like they are fucking George R. R. Martin or J.K. Rowling who fear killing characters that they love, and like take that George R. R. Martin. (laughs) He fucking killed Catelyn for like four minutes, and then six pages later is like Lady Stoneheart, baby. Whatever. You can't Um, spoil something that sucks, Tim. Um, but it's like I, I just. I just feel like there are so many other ways to do this. But, like, there's no tension in this finale oh, for Dexter being a serial killer. Everyone that's hunting him is hunting Hannah. He just happens to be there. If he was to go to... If Hannah was to get caught in this finale, he would get go to jail for, like, aiding and embedding a fugitive. Which is mm. insane. Almost intolerably bad. It's this like... season... This final episode, sorry, has him killing the serial killer of the season on camera, in a police cell, and then Quinn and Angel both look at him and go, yeah, it looks like self-defense to me. The fundamental thing (laughs) that doesn't work with this show anymore is that the writers are so afraid to punish Dexter. They are so... The showrunner is so in love with Dexter that when Deb finds out, he knows he's going to have Deb find out, so he goes, 
Well, Deb loves him as a brother, but maybe we should have a little subplot where she realizes she also wants to fuck him. Because yeah. then she can't possibly yeah. turn on him. Because I love Dexter. It's a good parallel in the first episode where LaGuerre's the one who's But it's like, the show is so built and ready for this moment. Like, yeah. Deb finds out. She can't deal with it. She learns to deal with it. Then LaGuerre finds out. And then Deb kills LaGuerre. Setting yeah. up that now Deb is involved with Dexter. So when Dexter is found out, and Quinn, Angel, Masuka, the Captain Old Man that's always in every episode, but I forgot his name. Matthews. Matthews. When they all find out, then Quinn will be like, oh, that time in season five when I was hunting him. Yeah. I was right. He was yeah. evil. That old man was right. And like everything over the whole series would come yeah. out. Season eight should have been season two, part two. Should have been Bay Harbor Butcher, part two. Yeah. That is it, the main it, thing it that should have been. been. There should have been tension. Like, the end of season seven sets it up, where, like, (sighs) if you're going to do it, like, have him kill LaGuardia or be framed for killing LaGuardia, then you've got a season of him on the run or whatever. But it's like... It doesn't have to be a season on the run, but a season where they are going to catch him. The Bay Harbor Butcher comes back out, and to have the moral dilemma of... There, at the end of season one, is Dexter and Deb walking through an area, and there's all these cops, and they're all, like, questioning over the ice truck killer. And then Dexter has this fantasy fever dream, Mm-hmm. Where everyone's got posted because he's like, I think everyone would actually agree that I killed the Astro Killer and that's a good thing. And yeah, that's the right. moral dilemma. What he's doing is he never kills innocent people. He never, ever, ever kills innocent people. He kills killers. And mm. so there's a moment where he's like imagining everyone essentially having a fair. There's a big like plane that goes over with a sign being like, We love you, Dexter! Oh, people that's have awesome. big Dexter yeah, signs. Like there's that. explosions of color and like, it's like a festival celebrating Dexter, the greatest serial killer ever, who only kills killers. And then in season four, right in the middle of the season, in the middle of the show, Dexter kills someone, and then it turns out that guy was innocent, and it was the other guy in you know in that episode yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the killer. So he's accidentally killed an innocent, and it destroys him for a little bit. So you're setting up for the moment where he faces down with Masuka or Angel or Quinn or somebody where he has to kill an innocent to protect himself. Mm. We've built up this whole show where it's like, oh, maybe he does. Maybe he does respect life. Maybe he has changed. But no, fundamentally he's a serial killer and he's going to kill an innocent to save himself. That's of what course. the show has been building towards. Yeah, but they selfish. are so afraid to do it. And it it makes this not yeah. one of the best shows ever. It, it makes is... it one of the best potential shows ever. Yeah, in season eight, Vogel um, like says like everything you're doing is to make you feel better. Mm. Like psychopaths don't have the ability to be selfless. <laughs> yeah. Everything they do is selfish. And then, like, I feel like that's, like, a nod to the writers themselves. Like, they're being selfish. Oh, like, yes, um, Tim. But, like, I've talked about an alternative ending. I'm going to do a second alternative ending. Mm. So I've written here, um, the Saxon brain surgeon end is just an embarrassment. Yeah. I just wrote that note, and I, I just wanted to put that there. Um, <laughs> He's but, the worst serial killer of the season, yeah. of the whole show. Um, Even the Skinner in season three is better. Wow, the forgotten serial killer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you talked about the moment where like Dexter kills Saxon and um, Quinn and Batista look at each other and they go, this was obviously a murder. (laughs) Dexter has obviously murdered him, but it's all good. Why not? If you don't want to go down that Dexter's going to be hunted and he's got to kill everyone he loves... If, if you're going to go down this other angle where, like, they go, mm, okay, no worries. We're okay with this. Then maybe double down on it. Yeah. Maybe three episodes earlier, play with the idea that, like, they know he's a serial killer. They find out. 
but they're okay with it because he's killing people that get away with murder. People that slip through the cracks of the system. And as cops, there are so many characters and serial killers that slip through the cracks because Harry's code is started by a cop. Harry. Exactly. And he yeah. accepts it and he loves Dexter, mm. which is that extra element. Because maybe, I don't know, in episode 9 maybe Deb dies and then he oh, kills yeah. the brain surgeon. Yeah. And then there's a couple of episodes where it's, it's kind of like, is this going to work? And then, they the, change their and, mind? Then in the, mm. and then Jax, yeah. the finale starts. Yeah. And I've written it down. Tonight's the night. But it's not going to happen again. <gasps> Doesn't need to happen. Because the dark passenger's gone, Jax. <laughs> There's no longer any need for a dark passenger. But then, Batista thinks about things. Wait, LaGuardia was onto him. Did Dexter kill LaGuardia? Mm. My ex-wife? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it ends there. No, no, no. Oh, that's, that's the, the opening. That's the cold, cold opening. Oh, There's no cold that. opening in this show, but like... That's how you set up tension for a finale. You bring everything back. There's only one hint at any other season or show. They somewhat mention Rita in this episode. There's an embarrassment of like, Astor and Cody exist. And it's like, well, no. It's like, if Julie Benz doesn't want to come back for the finale of a show she was in for years, then you know... For a a flashback. Yeah. I don't think that's necessary. She's been gone for a very long time. But it's the finale. That's what things they happen. Spend, yeah, but they spent a whole... Se- season 5 is essentially him getting over her death. I know, but, they but like... a whole season. But it's the finale. You forgive those things. Yeah, I guess Like, James so. Reed is not me. even in this episode. And then the end, it's just him killing himself, abandoning his son. And it's like, what the fuck? How is this the ending we get? It's just so frustrating. No, no, Tim, you're misunderstanding the brilliance of this finale. Let me explain what actually happens in this finale. Dexter kills someone on camera who's the serial killer of the season. Mm-hmm. It's wrought with tension. Mm-hmm. Everyone almost realises who he is mm-hmm. and they accept him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, there's a hurricane brewing. Tim, do you get it? A storm is coming. A storm is on the horizon, Tim. It's symbolic. Remember season six? It's all symbolism and metaphor. He Great gets season. to the hospital. Deb is brain dead. So she's going to have to be fed with a tube. Her brain's never going to work again. Mm. So Dexter and Deb, the, 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 the foster family... The brother and sister dynamic that we've come to love. Instead of having a showdown where Deb kills Dexter or Dexter's forced to kill an innocent Deb, his sister, the person he pretended to love in the in the first episode, he kills her, Tim. He takes that tube out and lets her die. Then she's the last person he takes onto his boat. Slice of life. You get it? Guys, you get it? Remember when the show was good? <laughs> I do. And Tim, yeah, he yeah. takes her onto the boat and throws her off. She's the last body he takes out onto sea. Doesn't that work? No, Tim, it doesn't. I was being fucking sarcastic. You know what? It's a train wreck. On paper. It's disgusting. On paper. I mean, that does work if Deb's the last person he ever killed. No, but, but it's not in the way. No, no, not no. Not in the way it, it happens. It is so disgusting. She just has, like, complications in surgery. The brain surgeon shoots her. It's like the brain surgeon who does brain surgery serial killer deaths. This show is all about colourful, insane, intricate, ritualistic serial killers. Mm. And Deb is killed via a gunshot and a complication in hospital. And then yeah, Dexter just takes so the tubes bad. out to kill her. I needed Dexter to have... If Dexter's going to kill Deb, then Dexter's got her on the slab yeah. with the, the plastic wrap. Sure. Like the end of season one where the ice truck killer's like, you've got to get rid of her, Dexter. You can't be a hero and a serial killer. It doesn't work that way. Because yeah. it doesn't. But this show wants to have its cake. It wants to eat it. 
So Tim, I think one of the ways that we should rate all the finales in this show going forward is instead of saying, have they jumped the shark? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a, yep. a popular term for when a show has become bad, essentially. Become a joke yep. of itself. Yep. I think we should change that to being like, has this show flown into the hurricane or <laughs> rode into the hurricane I cannot and... wait for episode 20 where someone hasn't listened to this discussion <laughs> and they're like why the fuck are they referring to a hurricane I am so on board with this has the show ride, rode into the hurricane become a lumberjack or is this finale good that'll be our metric okay <laughs> what about what about have they driven into the hurricane or driven into the sun I love it. And yeah. it should be sailed into the hurricane. Sail, yeah. I keep okay. saying the wrong word. Sail. He's on a boat. But Sail. Tim, yeah. this final episode essentially ends with Dexter being like, I've realised something. This brain surgeon has made me realise something. This uncharismatic, uninteresting, the worst serial killer I've ever met. I'm meeting one every three days. And the, <laughs> this, this guy has actually made me change my mind. Instead of moving to Argentina, when he says that in like episode 10, I'm like, this is a parody. This show has become a parody. He's moving to Argentina. There's going to be no conflict, yeah. no resolution. He's yeah. just moving to Argentina. Yeah. And so, he then suddenly realises, oh no, I can't move to Argentina because I can't... Deb died because of me. Mm. Well, not really. Deb yeah. died in just the random shooting, essentially. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, she was doing her job. Yeah, yeah. And the just, writers were like, we got to kill her, I guess. She just died in a, mm. in a way a cop sometimes horrifically dies. And then he goes, I can't actually do this. I can't hurt Harrison, my son, or Hannah. So I'll leave Harrison. I can't be a serial killer around my son. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave him with another serial killer. Mm. And I'll ride through a hurricane Mm. in one of the worst, most hilarious moments in Mm. cinematic history where he's just on a boat going through a hurricane. Which also at a point in his character where we believe he's gotten over his dark passenger. So he's no longer a serial killer. He's gotten away with it. So it's like, why are you leaving next up? The second last episode of the show, he's like, got the brain surgeon there. He's like, I don't want to do this. Which is, it, it works. It you can do that because, like in Breaking Bad, for instance, that's when everyone finds out. He, when the character himself is over it. When they have, like, relieved themselves of everything bad. When they're like, I, I no longer need to kill. Mm. That's when Batista goes, oh, wait, you killed LaGuardia. Or something like this that. This show really is just missing that moment where one of the main characters is on the toilet and then reads a book. <laughs> and they're like, Dexter, Bay Harbor Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> I want a parody of someone like Hank sitting on the toilet, picking up the book of Dexter going, Dexter, Morgan? (laughs) (laughs) Walt Whitman? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I I don't know. Final thoughts? Like, Tim, let's talk about Dexter the Lumberjack. How do you feel about the final scene that reveals Dexter didn't sacrifice himself he can't not live with himself. Like, you kind of think it's going. You're like, he throws Dexter off the edge of the water. Also, something about throwing Deb off. He takes her body in the middle of a hurricane. So there's chaos going on in the hospital. He just takes out this dead body. No one watches him. Oh, as it's just insane. Walking out with this yeah. dead body. Puts her on the boat. People are everywhere. I have Someone memories. Like, what the hell is I going on I have memories here? of, like, Queen and Batista, like, nodding him away. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is all good. And I looked up whether, like, euthanasia is, like, or illegal in Florida and it's like no he he just murdered this woman <laughs> yeah, yeah. ran her out of hospital put her on the boat and just sailed away into a hurricane <laughs> and it's like 
They're in a hospital where, like, there's, like, a psychopath and murder around. Where's Quinn? Isn't he, like, mourning over Deb's body? Like, what is going on? Something that I thought was really funny as well is De Dexter's like, it's all about me. And he throws Deb's body into the ocean. Because it's symbolic for how he did that for all his, you know, mm. victims and stuff. Can you just imagine Quinn's just, like, after the hurricane dies down, he's like... Where did Deb's body go? <laughs> and the hospital's like, we lost her body. We don't. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, how traumatic for everybody else? Yeah. What a prick, Dexter. I guess that's where we're going to pick pick up in season nine. Oh, God. But yeah, the we'll lumberjacking. The lumberjacking. So, Tim, my favorite aspect of it is just that it's become like a meme. Like, Dexter becomes a lumberjack. He's like, <laughs> I give up being a serial killer. I'm a lumberjack. That's, that's just so stupid. He's got a beard. What's no, so frustrating... It's the worst prosthetic beard shit going so on. What's so frustrating about it, though, is that, like... The whole moral question of the show is like, are we going to accept that Dexter is going to get away from being a serial get away with being a serial killer, mm. or is he going to be punished? Mm. I think I personally think he should be punished. Yeah. But this show kind of doesn't do anything because it's just, oh, he didn't die. He's a lumberjack. Yeah. What the hell? What is he still killing? Has he given up killing? Like he's just faked his death like he's Batman or something. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. There's no, like, emotional connection to it. You just get no. a shot of Andrew being like, oh, Dexter's dead, is he? Oh, no. Yeah. And Hannah's just like, oh, no, let's walk off into this terrible CGI shot of Argentina or whatever. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. And Harrison, like, drinking juice. I just feel sorry about Harrison's future. I I don't get the lumberjack thing. No. It's like they just... It, it, he's not even secluded. Like, I feel like he's at, like, a lumberjack factory with other oh, people. Oh, there'd be heaps of lumberjacks like, around him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird choice. It doesn't, terrible. It doesn't terrible. make sense. Like, I feel like the show maybe sets up that he should drive away on his boat somewhere else. Like, maybe he's, like, a fisherman. I feel like suits better because he, he likes the open space. He likes the serenity of it. And I love the idea of the final scene. If they're gonna do this kind of silly thing, of course, yeah. Him being on the boat, and you think maybe he's throwing a. Oh body my down god, the Jax! The fucking podcast sounds that your your laptop is producing. Tim, I hope you this never. This is real life, Tim. I hope you Computers never receive make fucking a mail. Dings and dongs. Why is the sound on? Who cares, oh. Tim? Now it's a part of the podcast. It's going to have to be on every this week. This podcast lives and breathes real feelings, real emotions. Computers making dings and dongs Jax, when you don't want them to. I'm just depressed that I haven't got any notifications. <laughs> My phone's been on this whole time. <laughs> I feel like Dexter. Tim, one last thing. I think the only truly great moment of this episode is when Hannah McKay, the worst character of the whole series, mm -hmm. is... Not stealing Harrison, but to me it kind of feels like she's stealing Harrison away. It really? She's on a yeah. bus. Oh, she's on, on a bus. bus and hell. then she starts talking to Harrison. God damn our way. Tim, Harrison, the terrible child actor. You compare Asta for season one, episode one, amazing little child actor. Yeah. Cody, so cute yeah. and adorable. To this, <laughs> so boring and so uncharismatic. But he does one piece of incredible acting, Tim. He starts talking to her and she starts talking to him and like, oh, this and that. And I remember being like, oh, Tell I'm me so about it, Jax. Tell I'm me like, about it. Oh, so I'm gonna, I'm Hannah McCann. I'm, I, it just faded out into nothingness to me. Like a cartoon where it just becomes blah, 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 blah. Nice. And then Harrison does the funniest, what I have to presume is improv, where he goes... <laughs> He yawns, and then he just falls asleep. <laughs> Instantaneously. <laughs> Hannah McKay is such a boring, uncharismatic actor and character. She literally puts the child to sleep in five seconds of nothing dialogue. Jax. And if that doesn't Jax. sum up how bad the show is, Harrison's, nothing will. Oh, I love it. I was going to say, Harrison's parents, the actor's parents for like 
be it, be the crowd, Harrison, yawn asleep. Just yawn and fall asleep. <laughs> be the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the audience surrogate at that point. Yeah, like, like, it's, uh, yeah. it's spectacular stuff. Yeah, um, he's the Star Wars prequel and Aston Cody are the originals. <laughs> and So you're saying some people think he's good. I'm sure he's a controversial I'm sure character. maybe one person is like, he's a complex person <laughs> he, he's misunderstood right now people don't appreciate him but in 15 years people are going to look back and be like you know what compared to uh, the sequel series I actually think Harrison's a really good actor yeah. so you're saying he's going to be bad in New Blood don't worry we'll save that for our other podcast and perfect segue Jax because if you're like man they they just topped and tailed this show Where's the juice? There's so much more to discuss. Where's the meat? Well, we've got another bloody episode coming. Because we're doing, we're doing months. Top and Tail's all about show months. And this month is Dexter. So we're going to dive into the best and worst plots of Dexter the series. And we're going to be like, is season nine going to be good? How the show should have ended. What? How would I have ended the show? We're going to pitch our own better seasons. And Tim, have I even written notes? No, I'm going to just come off with it from the top of my head because that is just exactly like the writers of just season like the writers eight. <laughs> Take that, you fucking pieces of shit! Amazing. And if you're like, man, these guys suck, then you know, don't leave a review. But if you guys are like, man, these guys are good, well, then find us on Apple Podcast, leave us a review. Uh, find us on socials. We're at BlackRock Broadcast on Twitter. BlackRock Broadcasting everywhere else. We've got another podcast, Two Brothers, One Pilot. Jax, you do another podcast, Spoiler Talk, where you talk spoilers. That we do, Tim. That we do. And this has been fun. Oh, this it's has been, been so amazing. Good. I can't wait for more laptop phone noises. <laughs> I'm going to message my girlfriend, get her to give me a call mid episode <laughs> next time, just to make myself feel better. Bloody hell, Dexter, you kill me. Oh, Tim, that's funny, because Dexter's a serial killer. I saw what you did there. That's very funny. So, uh... <laughs> I was, I was going to try and end up being like, so, thanks for listening, and uh, this has been a little dollop of blood in your uh, blood slide of podcast, and I'm like, none of that Jax, makes sense. I've got it. Any I've level. got it. I hope this has been the droplet and the trophy you were hoping for. Amazing. See you so, next time. Oh, <laughs> you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to end up being like, tonight's the night, and this podcast is going to happen again and again <laughs> until we're like, you know, bored of it. And we're like, we've run out of shows where we finished them. I guess we're going to do shows now where we're like, I haven't watched it, but we watched the pilot of the finale. <laughs> it's confusing. There's too many seasons in between. There was like 400 episodes I missed. I have no context if this was so bad. We forgot. I love that. That is so funny. What? I, I, we forgot to say whether this drives into the sunset or sails into the hurricane. Oh, Tim, this is the second worst finale ever made. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being crazy. I don't think a finale can be truly terrible unless the show, for at least most of it, is truly spectacular. Yeah. Revisiting this pilot reaffirms yeah. to me, and I jumped through a bunch of episodes. I've probably watched 20 all up this week, just kind of refreshing my love of Dexter. This is a spectacular show. Michael C. Hall is perfect. The music is some of the most haunting and amazing. For the anti-hero TV series, this is one of the best. And it has one of the most disgusting, incomprehensibly atrocious finales of all time. Tim, this sails into the hurricane. Oh, Zero out of ten. Yeah. My favourite Big Bash team. It sails into the hurricane. <laughs> it explodes. <laughs>
difference. And my God, it has created one of the most rampant podcasts you've ever got since Heroes 3 Might of Magic. (laughs) (laughs) That makes almost no sense. You just said a word from that game. And we're like, I guess this makes sense. I guess this is something. Just like the writers of Season 8, baby. All right, see you next time. Bye. This transmission was brought to you by BlackRock Broadcasting, a film and TV podcast network for you from us.